From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So then they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Mark 10, verses 6 to 9. What's up? Hello there, my connected peep, my connected fam, however many of you there is. Lovely to be with you again. And it hasn't been that long. Only because I've decided, you know what, let me just, when I've got the thought, because I don't know if you all know, but anyway, I have um, in the notes app, I have this, what is it, like a file, and it has so many podcast episodes, ideas, like I've probably got two years worth, if I was to upload one a week, I've got probably like two years worth of podcast ideas, and sometimes I go back to the very start, like the bottom of the list I'm like oh I actually don't even remember what I meant by that because I'll put like a brief little description and it seemed clear as anything to me at the time but then you know like two years later when I look back I'm like oh yeah that wasn't very clear good on you Catalina could have put a bit more (laughs) could have put at least two sentences that would have been useful um okay so today I thought we would talk about weddings marriage, all that kind of stuff, baptisms. All right, so I've had a few baptisms. Well, I haven't had baptisms, Um, but I've attended and celebrated a few baptisms at our church, and I love me a baptism. I'm like, people love a wedding, but I love me a baptism. It's pretty special, and I love taking my girls to baptisms because there's something special about seeing people of all walks, of all ages, making a commitment to Jesus. Um, the other the other Sabbath, we um, were there for a gentleman's baptism, and I can't remember if it was like 36 years or 32 years or... 30-something years at least. Maybe it was like 40. I don't know. Anyway, it was at least 30. (laughs) 30 years that he left God, left the church, and then came back. And his whole testimony was like, just don't leave. Like, don't leave. Because obviously now as he looks back on his life, he's realized, wow, like, There's so much stuff I didn't have to go through. And I think it's so difficult because, you know, hindsight is valuable because it's hindsight. But, um, yeah, at the same time, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's definitely things I wish I hadn't have done. But at the same time, I just have to have peace that God was with me even in that, in the, even in the midst of that. Even while I walked that path, he was still with me. And that brings me peace. That brings me comfort. And then to also know that I'm wiser for it. Like, trust me, I I am not going back there again. Um, But anyway, that wasn't actually the thought. Okay, let me get back onto where I was actually. So I went to a wedding recently. Um, 
like last week and it was such a beautiful wedding there was tons of like little moments where I was like oh I just found myself like having a moment with God like just really feeling like a deep connection with what I was seeing and then just what Holy the Holy Spirit was kind of telling me and then just finding myself just like talking to God about it and the main thing that I wanted to talk about is that I guess in this stage of my life and in this stage of marriage and with many of my friends and um, people at church, I find myself not so much here because I don't think I have like that close bonds with people to be that vulnerable and transparent with me but I'm definitely in Bundaberg there were many conversations that I was having with people about divorce and you know so many things that are directly connected to divorce um and in having those conversations I just I I was sitting there and I was I was watching the bride and the groom and um, listening to their vows and listening to um, the celebrant or the, well, it wasn't the celebrant, but um, the person that chose um, to kind of do the little sermonette and uh, I'm listening to all of that, guys. And all I could think of, I'm like, I feel like everyone on their wedding day said their sincerest truth for their desires for their marriage, for their expectation, for the love that they had for the other person. And then I just start, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, I, f- I feel like, or at least when I think about it, I'm like, all I can think of is like every person that I've known who got a divorce, every person that I know who has had issues in their marriage, who still has issues um, where there's infidelity, whether there's lack of communication, whether there's, there's disrespect, whatever it is that has messed our marriages up, I'm like, God, I know we all, like I I was there for many of the weddings where vows were said. Or if you're on social media, I still remember the posts about them. We're engaged. We got married, having our first baby, da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, like their Facebook status is no longer married. And all of a sudden their profile picture has changed to just being them and not together with their spouse. And Oh, I was just like, in the beauty of the wedding that I was at, I couldn't but help think of all the marriages that I have seen struggle and go through so many challenges. And some challenges aren't even challenges that they directly made for themselves. Like some are like related to health. Some are related to like family dynamics. Some are related to um, addictions that they didn't know about. Some are related to 
um, past relationships that, you know, didn't actually give me all the details of what was kind of going on there. And um, some are like death. Like some people have been left like a widow. And oh, there's just so much to it anyway. The biggest, I guess the biggest reflection that I had throughout that whole time and I guess it's because it's still very related to to my marriage and um, I guess it's something that I'm constantly sort of talking with God about and how to make my marriage richer and, and how to make it be more of what God's ideal is and being very aware of like where my shortcomings are and what I want to do differently in my marriage and by me doing that differently I know it will automatically like improve um my marriage and my family and so in doing all of that and in having all that I was like god what happens like what is it that happens to marriage that we go from like being all loved up all loved up to like screw you like I'm done like oh And I don't know, like I, I I sit there and, you know, I think of my marriage and the different things that have impacted my marriage in, in the difficult times um, throughout my marriage with um, Stevie and how we've kind of overcome all that and what that looks like and then, you know, being really honest with, oh, did we actually deal with that the best way? Like, could we have done that differently? And with my counselling um, studies finished and doing counseling now I'm like oh there's there's so much there's much better ways of of working through stuff than ignoring it or just not having the conversations and um, dealing with bitterness and resentment and lack of trust and all those things discontentment being dissatisfied lack of respect Whatever, whatever it looks like. And I just don't know. Like, I just don't know what happens in that in that commitment that we go from, like, promising the world to then deteriorating to the point where, <clears throat> you know, some people sleep in different rooms. Some people don't even say I love you to each other anymore. Some people, like, use alternative um, outlets to satisfy what they're lacking in their marriage. And I don't know how that coldness comes about. And, you know, if I think about it in my marriage, I think it's a gradual thing. It's not a like intentionally I wake up and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be the worst wife I can possibly possibly be or um, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, you know, Stevie doesn't feel loved or respected or valued or um, I'm going to intentionally not be grateful for anything that like people don't wake up like that. People, I yeah, just, I don't know and I'm like, God, if I, if I look at my marriage and if I look at the marriage that have withheld the test of time, um, the ones that are truly 
doing the till death do us part. I don't know what I see. Like, I don't know what I see. Um, for me, I mean, and I'll, I'll continue to say that. And I think Stevie's, Stevie's at the same place. He's got similar convictions. And I feel like for him to still be with me, I feel, <laughs> I feel like he definitely has a conviction. Um, and my conviction, my conviction was there before I was even really committed in a spiritual sense to that conviction I just knew I don't I just know I don't want to get a divorce Uh, I knew very early on after my parents divorce I don't want a divorce my parents divorced when I was older so like 15 and their desire was for it to be like really smooth um mum thought it was going to be the best time because I was in a pretty um solid secure relationship with stevie by that stage and so she felt like i would i would be okay and my brother was with his girlfriend and so he would be okay but i'm like we weren't like i mean i was fine in terms of um, many things but um there was an element there with my dad um and him kind of coping um and working through the divorce that was quite heavy on me like that was that was a difficult part that I really struggled with with the divorce and because I lived with dad and well we all my brother and I we both lived with dad it was quite difficult helping dad and trying to be the stronghold for dad and and then mum had her own little battle that she kind of had to deal with on her own because we weren't living with her and so no one kind of knew what was going on with mum so anyway, so they they thought that that would that was the best time and it was going to be a pretty smooth change for us, but it wasn't and I don't think it ever is ever um unless unless the parents are willing to just put themselves to one side and just still really be civil and even if they can be friendly is even greater than just civil if they can be friendly with each other just for the sake of their kids and their grandkids um I dream of the day when I could have my whole family together I'm gonna start crying um Yeah. I dream of the day where I could just invite mum, dad and my stepdad and they could all just hang out and my kids could sit with my dad and then run over to mum and talk to mum and then run over to my stepdad and talk to my stepdad and Have Christmas dinner. And even though I'm not a Christmassy kind of person, but, you know, it is just one of those events of the year where the whole family's together and, you know, it's more significant for um, my family than it is for me. But the idea of, like, everyone being there rather than alternating parents and then 
you know, you don't want to tell my dad that I'm going to my brother's because then mum's, then he's going to know that we're going there and then you got to kind of drop it that mum's going to be there. So he obviously can't go. So I don't ever want to do that to my girls. I don't ever want that to be the story for them as they grow up. And I don't ever want that to be the story for my grandkids if they choose to have kids. Like, I just don't want that. And as much as I can be the whole, yeah, like, I'll be I'll be the cool mom and hang out with my ex. And, like, I don't know how Stevie's going to be. Like, when you get a divorce, like, it's not like a, a great experience. It gets messy. And it's very rare that a divorce can actually go down well for both parties and that both parties can actually be mature enough and healed enough to say, you know what, as much as I am so pissed off at my ex, I'll put up with three hours of of being nice and being polite at a dinner, at a birthday at a Father's Day, at a Mother's Day, at a Christmas, at a whatever, at a barbecue, just so I can be with my kids and my grandkids and we can all be together. And no one has to worry about not saying the other person's name and no one has to feel uncomfortable because they're going to spend a special a special day with one parent and not the other parent. And I don't want that for my kids. If I don't get divorced for no other reason, It will be to not put this on my kids. I remember at one point when I was like, oh, like I'm done. I remember saying like to God, I'm like, God, I'm willing to put up with whatever my marriage is going to look like. Even if I have to be miserable for the rest of my life. Because my marriage was where it was. I'm like, I'm willing to do that for my kids. I'm willing to die being miserable for my kids. And although I get it, like for some people, like that's not an option. And, you know, kudos to everyone for how you do marriage. Like, it's like parenting. You have all these great ideas before you have kids. And then you have kids and they all go out the window. And you're like doing all the things that you said you, you didn't want to do. There's this TikTok video that I was watching and it said, um, it said before kids. And it was like this mom who's like, oh, and all my toys are going to be like wood. We're not going to have any plastic. And um, I'm going to breastfeed. And uh, my kids are going to like have organic and sugar-free, additive-free, preservative-free, colors-free food. And I'm going to make all their food. And I'm going to do this and blah, blah, blah. And then and then it says um, once the baby was born. And it's like the opposite of everything. Like they're just eating stuff out of like packets and um they're giving them like ipads and all this kind like it was so funny i'm like marriage is the same guys like marriage do you do you like and just make sure that god is in the midst of that and make sure that um whatever decision you make is is something that god has has given you peace about um 
because you, we just don't know like yeah to be in a place where you're like all right I'm willing to settle for like heartache and pain and so many feelings of insecurity I'm like it's not everyone's cup of tea like it not everyone not everyone can face that and and not that I'm trying to put myself as like higher than other people or you know I'm trying to trying to brag but I just know what I don't want for my kids and the tears that I cry as a 38 year old I do not want my daughters to cry at 38 like no not from me not from me um I can't speak for Stevie, but, um, yeah, he's still around and he's still pretty committed and he's still putting up with me (laughs) just as much as I'm putting up with him, um, in our own, I guess, particular annoying, frustrating ways. Um, but yeah, something happens, something happens and I think I'm still like, talking to God about it ever since that wedding just really been reflecting and just asking God I'm like God what happens like oh from that mountaintop experience where like there's such an abundance of love like it's just it's overflowing and at this particular um, wedding it was just so beautiful like they're both super super spiritual people who have sacrificed so much for God and have been so faithful like so faithful trusting God waiting on God leaning on God that I'm just like oh this is like if any marriage is going to make it, I'm like, it's going to be this, you know, like, but you know what? Not to downplay like the beauty of their, um, of their ceremony and their commitment, but, um, you know, everyone has been loved up at their wedding. Everyone has expressed so much of their dedication to the other person and you know in sickness and in health richer or poorer but there are many people who through sickness they didn't stay on the boat through financial hardship they jumped off the boat And they didn't make it till death do us part. So anyway, so I don't really have an answer. So I guess it's just me talking about a lot of stuff and reflecting on my marriage and I guess what has led us to be where we're at now. We've been together for 19 years, married for 19, together for 24 Yeah, and just my commitment to not being divorced. Like, that's that's what's got me. 
was the one thing that has kept me and kept me and kept me. And I'm not sure what Stevie's side of the deal has been and I don't know if, you know, if it's the same reason. Um, but that's what's kept us. And then if I try and look at the things that have caused us to have um, periods of like conflict and, you know, even if it's like emotional separation from each other. Um, If I was to summarize it, at least from my part, I guess it's just feeling disconnected, whatever that looks like. Um, My love languages, I think, too, have a big part to play in that. Um, Stevie and I have very different love languages, and I don't think either of us are very intentional about loving the person using their love language but rather I just use mine and he uses his and then we just hope that it gets translated (laughs) as love at the other end when it's received Um, but often for me it it isn't Um, but I'm working on it and God has really helped me in the last few years to really value um, how Stevie demonstrates love to me and to really appreciate it and to be grateful for it and to acknowledge it um But for me, it's been disconnect. And whether that disconnect has come, I guess, from time and then um, I think doing life apart. So I came to a point where I was like, you know what, if Stevie doesn't want to go somewhere, I'm going to go. Um, and although it, although that has been really, really positive for me in terms of me feeling like I am making decisions um, that actually serve me um, in enabling me to be true to myself, um, at the same time, I guess it has created a lot of time where I'm doing my thing and Stevie's doing his and um, at some point hopefully the paths cross enough so that it's yeah it's it's enough it's enough to keep us as one you know not two flesh but at times I think I haven't been as intentional about really trying to make more time for things that are serving all of us both of us like me and the girls like we do lots of stuff together and then Stevie's kind of left on his own Naomi likes to hang out with Stevie, though. They're quite similar in personality, so she'll often opt out for um, things where she doesn't want to go, and then Chloe's, like, in the car before I even ask her. So um, me and Chloe kind of do us, and then Stevie stays with Naomi. But um, in that, I would say, equal amounts, Naomi goes with us, and so kind of Stevie's left on his own. I think, yeah, when I wasn't as intentional about still trying to make time for things that involved all of us that was that probably produced quite a lot of disconnect and when you start making room for 
disconnecting or not being intentional about each other, guess what? The next thing is like emotions are going to drift. Um, physical connection is going to drift. Like there's just so many things that um, start snowballing once you're not intentional about considering the other person. Um, and then if I was to think about other times when I felt like I was done with my marriage, um, I think there was a lot of stuff going on for me personally that I was working through it on my own and kind of expecting Stevie to be like the knight in shining armor and kind of come and fix everything. And when I look back at those those seasons of my life, it was in placing so much expectation on Stevie that I set the guy up to fail. And part of that is, you know, not understanding like Stevie's personality and then expecting him to be who he isn't because that's what I needed. <clears throat> and then when he failed at that, well, then, you know, what kind of a husband are you? Like it was, it was really horrible and um, quite, quite dangerous to do. And, and I often, when I talk to people, I'm like, look, accept the things that you can accept from your spouse and then the other stuff, like you need to work on it on your own. Like go and, and work through that with God. Like I don't think that's your spouse's responsibility. I don't think that's exactly... Um, their role in in um, helping you with your stuff and I think that's a big that was a big thing and so that's what kind of led to me then doing me which then kind of completely disregarded Stevie which was dangerous in its own way and so trying to find that middle ground of I'm going to do me but I'm also going to make sure that I'm intentional about making sure that we do things as a family that we do things as a couple. Um, yeah, now that that balance is there, at least for, my, for me, I feel it's much healthier and um, much better. Ask Stevie, he might have different ideas. He might still feel like he's um, neglected and deprived. Um, sorry, but yeah, but I know that for myself, I'm very aware of what I need to be doing in order to continue to feel like yeah, we're, we're on the journey together. Like, you might be on one bike and I'm on another bike, but we're on the same path. We're riding the same road, um, which is really important. And then, as I kind of reflected on that, I kind of looked at the idea of like, hey, because I've been going to baptisms as well. I'm like, God, then what happens with our spiritual walk? I feel it's very similar it's really, really similar when we like give our lives to Jesus and, you know, we share our testimony of why we are choosing to get baptized and and then what happens? Like, you know, we have the ups and downs and um, God's going one way and we're going the other way and and I don't know. I don't know what happens. I, I feel... Maybe for similar reasons or maybe for very different. I don't know. Like, 
Welcome to the individuality of like 7 billion people. But I do know when it comes to us walking away from God, I think there are two ways. One is straight out the devil. The devil just comes in, messes things up. And then it's just us. It's literally just us. If we're truly, truly honest, if I'm truly, truly honest, the moments when I've walked walked away from God or wanted to walk away from God or was the furthest from God, I just wanted to do me. Like, in the selfishness of my life, like, I just wanted to make decisions for me, knowing it was wrong, knowing it was against God's will, knowing that it wasn't right, knowing that it was sinful, knowing that my salvation was at risk, I was just like, I don't care. I care more about what I want than to actually consider. And, and I think at, you know, at, the, at the stages of my life where it's kind of been that kind of walk, I just, it's like I intentionally put a blindfold on to God and just acted dumb. Um... And acted dumb in the sense like I just I didn't want to talk to God and reason with him because I knew he was going to win. And so I just kind of blindfolded myself, blocked my ears and just went, went in with all with what I wanted to do with my life and what the decisions that I wanted to make and, and whatever. And Yeah, someone who was baptized at 16... And from that moment of being baptized, I can totally tell you that the majority of the times it was just me wanting to do me with a blindfold and my ears blocked. Um, There was nothing else to blame. There was no devil to blame. Like, honestly, it was just plain old me. Um... And then I think for other people, it's the devil. The devil literally comes in and takes someone that we loved or things come back from the past. Like I know people who come to Christ, serving him in ministry, volunteering their time, doing Bible studies, helping out in leadership, blah, blah, blah. And things they did when they were like 21 comes back and... Um, they can't get certain roles because they have a criminal record and um, whatever. Like, oh, the way that the past comes back to haunt you. And that was just back from, you know, back in the day when you weren't even walking with Christ. But guess what? Now that you are, the devil's going to bring that junk up because it's the only thing that can really get used to discourage you. So yeah, yeah, and honestly, like with the reflecting about my marriage, like honestly, since the wedding, I've been like, God, like how can I make my marriage sweeter? Like I want it, I want it to be like, like that wedding that I went to. I want to look at Stevie and be like, oh, like melt. I want Stevie to look at me and to melt. Like there was just ah. Oh. It was such a deep desire that I was like, God, like I want that back in the fullness of what that was. 
the fullness of what my wedding day was and the love that I have for Stevie, like, I'm like, I want that back. Like, what do I do? How do I get it? How do I rebuild it so it's that rich, that deep? And I've been thinking about it. Like, I'm like, yes, like, give me that back. Because it's so sweet. I was at that wedding and I'm like, oh, oh, like everything was so sweet, so cute. Um, like that's what I want. That's what I want till death do us part. I want every little interaction to be sweet. I want every little comment to be sweet. I want every little act to be sweet. Like, oh. Yeah. So anyway, I'll let you know how it goes. Um... Yeah, because I think we can have it. We can have it. We should have it. Like, that's what God intended for marriage. What you feel on your wedding day, like, that's supposed to be every day. Like, wow, I get to commit my life to you every day. I get to wake up with you every day. Like, it should be sweet. It shouldn't be, oh, you stole the blankets last night again. (laughs) Well, now that we're in a king-size bed, like, I can't even find Stevie. Um, you know, there's just so many things that change. But they don't have to. I mean, they can, but they shouldn't affect and take away from your love for each other. And I will say in all of that, love changes. Love evolves. Like... There are different stages to our marriage, but we should still find the other person sweet. We should still find like a huge amount of respect for them. You know, there's a random video going around on TikTok, um, but I'm sure it's on other social media things um, of Michelle Obama talking about what it was like to be married to Barack as the first lady. And, oh, so much goodness in the little like one minute whatever three minute video that I saw of her and she says my marriage with Barack was 100% and 100% we bought in 100% and then she's like and then he became president I can't remember I'm probably going to change this story but get the gist of it I guess and then she's like and then you know he was working more and so it kind of wasn't Maybe she said 50-50. Although I say in a marriage you should bring 100%. 100%. And I heard that at a marriage thing that was done by Andrews University, I think think it was. And um, Dr. Heather Thompson Day spoke about it. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. You bring 100, they bring 100. Don't be asking for no 50. Because if you bring 50, guess what? When they're slacking off, guess who's going to lose? You. So you bring 100 because you can always maintain that 100 and they bring their 100 and together you guys are 200. But if you're dependent on that person to be half of you, um, trust me, you're going to be very disappointed and you're going to be very sad. Okay, so moving on. So she did She did say she said 50-50, <clears throat> but I'm going to change that because I don't like that and I don't think we should have a mindset of 50-50. Anyway, so she says that sometimes in her marriage, she was bringing in 100 and Barack was bringing in 60. 
and sometimes he was bringing in 40 and sometimes he was bringing in 30 and sometimes she was bringing in 60 and sometimes she was bringing in 30 she said but on those days and on those periods in their marriage when Barack was bringing in 40 she's like I still respected the man I still loved the man and I was still committed to the man um, and that's what's really important is you have to understand that there are different chapters and different seasons in our lives where we bring a different percentage into the relationship. But as long as you still love that person, as long as you still respect them, and as long as you know that God has brought you together, guess what? You can make it through until they're able to bring in their hundred again. But if you're going to give up on the forties and the twenties, yeah. It's not the best time to make a decision. Um, Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that you should put up with like 35 years of a husband bringing in 20% either. And I guess there's conversations that need to be had with your spouse, with your wife, um, so that they're aware, hey, you're bringing in 20%. Like there's more to this than than your 20%. And you've been given 20% for the last three years and, you know, And I think that that's what our marriage um, potential is. So anyway, I'm going to start dragging this out, talking about more stuff. But yes, as long as there is love and respect and that you trust that God has brought you together, I believe that every marriage can go back to being as exciting as it is on that wedding day where you're just all loved up. um, And every time that someone bangs on a glass, you kiss. Um, and you look into their eyes and they're looking into your eyes. I was thinking like even at the vows, you know, when you're face to face with your spouse, looking them in the eyes with the biggest smile on your face. I'm like, can you do that to your spouse today? Can you do that to your spouse right now? I'm like, oh, I don't think I could. Like I feel, I would feel a little awkward looking at Stevie in the eye for like a whole five minutes, giving him a speech about how much I love him. Why? Why? That shouldn't be like that. But anyway, I'll keep you updated. Maybe that's what we'll start doing. Stevie, look at me. (laughs) I have five minutes of good stuff to tell you about how you're a good husband and a good dad and a good man. (laughs) He'd freak. But anyway, all right. So I'm going to leave. So my prayer, my hope, and my desire. They say, woman, God's love. They say, cool for Jesus' name. And that that Holy Spirit just rekindles that godly love, that holy love, that faithful love, that Christ-like love that will keep you and your spouse together until death do us part. And when that day comes, you'll be grieved. You'll be sad because you truly lost your friend, your friend, your lover, your companion. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you next time. Ciao.